Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. All right, Paul, we're back. What's going on, man? Not much. We uh, we lost power today, and then Why? they sent Too us hot? home. No, no, it's like 81 here. It's like really oh, wow. nice. It's like yeah. pretty mild. Uh, right now it's 82. It's beautiful. And up in Minnesota, everybody, it's like 100. Oh, dude, it's 100 and like 90% humidity. Yo, that Ooh. electric bill is going to be crazy. That house. <sighs> Especially when you get, kids like come you get in. two they units the, up there or they just They leave one? the door open. No, just one unit. One still. big unit. There's different thermostats on every level. Um, basically, the, the, the basement you know, doesn't get anything. Never, yeah. Yeah. So it's a nice place to hang out in the summertime, but yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know. I just kind of, just kind of close my eyes and pay that electric bill without looking at it. Cause nothing you can do about it unless you just want to suffer. Just put it on auto draft. And then I you don't do. even know. I do all my, all those utility bills are on auto draft. So I don't even, I don't even have to see them. Cause I mean, it's not like I'm going to turn the AC off. No. Like, what do you, what do you set the thermostat at? Like 73, 74 yeah. on the main level. And it's, and it's not bad at all. Especially yeah. if, you, if you're like, oh, I'm hot. I say, go outside. Go outside for one minute. Come back in. You'll feel great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. But yeah, we even canceled football practice outdoors tonight because, uh, yeah, we're actually meeting in a, a rec center gym and just walking through the offense for a while because it's, yeah, it's just kind of unbearable. We're a bunch of babies. We complain uh, when it's too hot or when it's too cold. Like, it's never perfect. That's pretty hot for football. Yeah, it is. You know, we don't want that spike protein to affect anyone that got the jab. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I I heard, actually, my brothers, I mean, an article today saying uh, those who who didn't get the vaccine are more likely to be in car accidents. Like, There's no way that's true. Well, actually, I thought about it. I was like, you know, maybe that is Maybe true. because they leave because, their house. Because they leave their house. Yeah. <laughs> They're not afraid to leave their house. Right? So, yeah. But, uh, nope. I got a quiet house right now, at least for the next 30 minutes, so we can get through this uh, before kids start making noise again. Yeah. But, you guys might hear my dogs today. I've got the dogs with me, and they're down there. Both of them? Yeah, they're both there. Wow, they're pretty quiet for two of them. So they're a lot quieter than than my two boys who were home today. One of them, apparently, um, I got a a message from their mom saying, Bo got mad at Blake and punched him, and he thinks he broke his finger. So she took him to the hospital, no kidding, he broke his finger by punching his little brother. So That little one's, you know, solid, though. He's stout, man. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Now he can hold that over him for the rest of his life <laughs> hey remember last time you touched me you broke your finger <laughs> so i'm like was that worth it bo really was that worth it that's funny yeah but all right man let's get into it so i think you had you want to start off kind of hitting on something uh that one of our clients you know so just driving a point home about yeah. what what's 
what's the value of a dollar you can't access? Yeah, zero. Right. Yeah, this keeps coming up. Um, and I, you know, we've had, you know, there's been some, uh, there's been a lot of fires this year. Like the whole world's on fire. There's chicken coops burning down. But, you know, more importantly, there's, you know, there's been, you know, natural disasters or, or whatever that, that have recently hit, you know, part of Hawaii. Um, and it's very sad. You know, people have lost everything. And um, what, what I, th- what I think about is being, being prepared. Yep. You can hear, totally hear the dog. Yep. Hold on a second. All right. So Paul's talking about being prepared, not only for your own emergencies, but maybe emergencies of others. Yeah, that's right. And part of what we're going to talk about today is, is, is way to, you know, implement IBC and your charitable giving at the same time. A few of you have asked to, kind of for us to expand on this topic. So uh, we're going to expand on it today. But anyway, you know, people who practice IBC are prepared. And we had a client that they've, and I, I suspect this happens to a lot of Americans, Dave, they've, they've done well, and they've got, they were doing what the financial experts told them to do. And they've, made their mortgage payment. Maybe they've paid extra. They paid extra on this. And they've got all this home equity. And a lot of it. You know, because it's an expensive house. And they got all this home equity. But they can't get at it. And now they've changed jobs, you know, maybe a handful of times, uh, but still make a good income. But now, you know, you go you go to the lender, maybe you maybe you can get that line of credit, maybe you can't, Dave, right? And we've all seen we've seen that. We've seen we and we've talked about when the banks have shut off shut off lending. You know, back after the two thousand eight crisis, there was a, a severe shortage of you know banking activity. Yeah. You know, even banks lending to other banks, that stuff was was wasn't occurring as it as it normally did. So so now this person finds themselves in a I'm just going to say himself, I guess, finds himself in a in a problem spot where they've had some unforecasted expenses that are significant and they have put all of their liquidity or the vast majority of it where they can't get to it in short order without asking permission or going through underwriting to get a loan or whatever. Right. And and now that person might have to cancel you know, their life insurance contract, right? And can they get underwritten again? Well, if they're healthy enough whenever they recover, but who knows how long that's going to be. So anyway, bottom line is IBC equals being prepared. Putting your money where you can get at it equals being prepared. Um, Separating yourself from your money. You are are opening the door because the future is unknown for a absolute disaster. Yeah. So just some food for thought. Right. And then, you know, someone like that might focus on their net worth. Like, hey, look, I've got 600 grand in equity. Like, I'm I'm worth over a million dollars net worth. I'm a millionaire. Yep. Well, if you're a millionaire that has to cancel a life insurance policy because you can't make a $500 a month or $1,000 a month premium payment, then being a millionaire doesn't really count for much. Right? If Yeah, that's right. If, if you got no cash flow. So, um, and and we've said it before, 
you know, there's to me and to you, there's no difference between having the ability to make a to pay something off and actually paying it off. Right. There's there's no difference. There's no difference. You still got the same peace of mind. You still have the same um, ability to to be debt free um, if you choose to. But by having the ability to pay it off, you also have the ability to, to put your money other places where it might be more productive. So, yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's kind of transition that into, like you mentioned, talking about, because I've had many conversations with people um, about, I've mentioned, I've got a, like a, a charitable giving policy that I created a couple of years ago, you know, like a tithing policy. Uh, where I was looking at, hey, every you know every month, especially self-employed, somebody who doesn't have a consistent, a steady, consistent income, it it rises and and lowers depending on kind of your your monthly productivity or the you know really how productive you were a couple months ago, because that's you know you get you get paid a couple months later. Um, so setting aside money every month based on how much came in that month and then using that for tithing for, for different charitable givings throughout the year. I realized a couple of years ago that, Hey, I'm, I'm storing all this money over here in somebody else's bank. Even though I, I preach to people that stop putting your money in somebody else's bank and, and, you know, put it in your own bank. So I decided to make a policy um, specifically to capture those funds throughout the year. And then at the, the end of the year or every quarter, every six months, however I decide to do it, I can reach in there, take a policy loan, go make that, that, uh, that giving uh, payment, that tithing or the, the charitable, whatever charity I want to donate that to. Um, and then just fill up, keep filling up the policy, paying the premium with that, those funds that I'm going to use to give away. Anyway, I'm just sequencing them first through the policy and then giving them away, right? By taking policy loans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this can be a pretty difficult, because I think people try to make it more confusing than it needs to be, right? Well, there's so many what ifs and and how do you do this and that? Yeah. Right? And there's and there's a few ways you could suck this egg, isn't there? Absolutely. Um, so what we want to do is kind of break this down by like we always do and try to keep things as simple as possible. Because you can make this as complicated as as your brain can handle. Uh, I hate complicated um, in in anything. I think simplifying is the best way to go. Because you know maybe you'll get eighty percent of the results that you would by making it extremely complicated. Um, you'll probably get ninety percent of the results. Really, is that extra ten percent worth the the complication you're going to go through and the detailed spreadsheet, et cetera? Of, of just, you know, all of that to me, it's not, I'm not an engineer, maybe for the engineers listening. It is. That's not me. And that's oh not gosh, most this, people. They're the worst. <laughs> they're the worst. Like this is ridiculously, this is ridiculously simple. Yeah. And we yeah. should keep it that as such. Yeah. So I'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll run through a different, a few different ways you could set this up. So let's start with, um, and let's just assume $20,000 is your, say your 10%, say we make 200 grand a year, you want to give away 10% every year. So you're going to create a policy premium. And before you give away 20 grand, put that 20 grand 
into a policy via premium. Okay, so now I create a policy that's $20,000 a year. I know I'm going to give about $20,000 a year. That's probably going to increase over time as I make more money. But for now, that's what I'm going to give. So I'm going to fund $20,000 a year. And then when I need, when I'm ready to, to give periodically throughout the year, I'm just going to take a loan and give that money. Right? Now, here comes the obvious first question is, well, okay, so I'm funding 20 grand a year and I'm taking loans out to give. So now that year two, I've got 20 grand a year to fund plus loans to repay. How can I do that if I'm only giving 20 grand a year? That's a great question. There's a few different ways you could look at that. One is don't repay it. Now, what that's the, if you don't that's repay That's the it, easiest one to figure out. That's I guess. the easiest one. Now, <laughs> what what could be if if you decided to go that route and say, I'm not going to repay that? When how could you eventually repay that, Paul? Through your productivity. So I think most well, I would say our clients all anticipate making more money as time goes on. You know, whether you're getting cost of living adjustments because you're a government worker, uh, taking advantage of that central banking system. <laughs> Very inflationary. Uh, or you're a business owner and you're just you're just getting started in the business expand, you know, whatever. You should all endeavor to be more productive, which will create more income every single year, right? So that's one way. You just simply make more money. And now you have that extra cash flow, which can replenish that that kind of hole you dug so now you have a windfall that can replenish that that hole right which is nice right because now what's what parkinson's law nelson talks about this in becoming your own banker as you know expenses rise to meet your income that's right so instead of taking that two or three percent raise in january and just using it to you know quality of life and we're gonna go eat out every friday night yeah Right, which which is great. You should you know use a little bit of it to increase your sure. quality of life because you're working hard for it. But now you've got a place that you can put it. That's right. And you can put it there before you go spend it, right? And you just use that extra income to repay that loan. So I mean, now exactly you, right. you, you're making, um, you know, I don't even know what the number twelve thousand, you know, maybe twelve thousand a month. Now you're making thirteen thousand a month. Well, that extra thousand. Don't go spend that on at Best Buy or Target. Just put that thousand bucks a month back toward repaying the loan. Eventually, go get that repaid, and then as your income increases over time, you you have somewhere already built a perfect savings account already built that you can just start filling up now instead of stockpiling money in somebody else's bank. Yes, and you've already created the proper behavior as well. Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, you were you were you know a ten percent giver or whatever it is, but you had. You had a certain behavior, and that's so important, right? We don't generally work with people that haven't established the right behavior. Because if you don't have the right behavior, you're not going to be able to do IBC. Right. I don't care how good we are, or how you know how good the company is. You know the other the other per, you know thing in the equation is you, and if you're not, the math won't work without you. Yep, absolutely. So, so, so there you go. That's. That's one way to do it. What you know? What else might you have in your future that uh, that you may be able to project? 
So we have a, I guess, I guess we have a, maybe a shared prospect who is a business owner who anticipates, um, and actually Ryan Griggs talked about this uh, in a recent article that he wrote about a, a business owner that's a little bit older than, than the one that we're working with, but that is going to have a future windfall right. because they're going to sell their business for, you know, multiple seven figures. Yeah. There you go. And there what you go. What are you going to do with now that money? Right. Yeah. It, it has to go somewhere. Uh, sounds like it should be premium. Yeah. Or repaying loans. Or repaying loans. Or both. So there you go. Projected windfall. That could be uh, an inheritance. Maybe you sell your home and you net a, a lot of profit because of the ridiculous appreciation. Um, maybe you sell a car and you downsize. Um, maybe your kids graduate from college and all of a sudden you have $2,000 a month yep. more coming in, uh, not that's going a, out that you can that's do something a raise. with. Yeah. It's basically like getting a raise. Um, so yep. think down the road a little bit, like, Hey, if I don't, if I set this policy up and I don't repay it right away, how will I be able to repay it in the future? Just get thinking, get creative. Well, do you plan to stay at the same pay scale for the rest of your life? Hopefully not. Hopefully your intent is to make more money every year or every couple of years. You know, you climb that, that income ladder. Um, certainly inflation alone will help you make more money, even though it doesn't do as much for you, but now you'll have more money. <laughs> um, you're, you're, and what Dave's saying folks is that your premium that you bought, you know, the policy you bought 20 years ago, the premium hasn't gone up. Right. Unless you bought universal life. Oops. No, ooh. Yep. But Anyway, all seriousness, you've, your whole life policy premium is fixed, or it's going to go down over time, actually. Yeah. Uh, to avoid, you know, kind of ride that mech line all the way to age 95, age 75, whatever your, your policy is designed for. But that premium is going to feel small 40 years from now, 30 years from now, 20 years from now, whatever. It's going to feel, it should, unless you didn't do something correctly. Right. Uh, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Great. So just think down the road, get creative. Where are you going to bring in, have more discretionary income in the future? Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe you have an investment that's going to be, you know, maturing soon that that money is coming back to you. And that's a perfect place to put, put that money. Get an investment paying a quarterly dividend of $194. Yeah. Paul was telling me about his, yeah. Outrageously profitable investment from a couple of years ago that, uh, yeah, they might have oversold that one. Just a bit. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, so that's one way, right? Take the entire amount you're going to give and turn it all into premium and then deal with the repaying the loan aspect. Just carry that loan until you have the ability to repay it. Yeah, it's kind of like stealing the peas, but you've got a plan for it in the future. So it's not really stealing the peas. You're just delaying going to the storeroom to put the can of peas back on the shelf. Right. And then your wife, right, you know, once your employee puts it back on the shelf, she runs out the back door with it anyway. Yeah. And if at you don't least know for a few years. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, get the book. Yep. Read the book. The grocery store, page uh, page 15. Okay. There you go. Is that right? We should do a whole oh episode God. on that. Page I don't 15. know. Mine's back there. I can't reach it with my headphones on. Page 15, the grocery store. There you go. All right. So the the next obvious question is, well, hey, what about the first few when the first few years when I don't have access to 100% of what I paid in premium? 
right? Because sure. there's going to be a, a temporary Sorry. loss of liquidity in the yeah. first few years, right? So, okay, in this example, you pay 20000 in premium. You only have access, let's say you only had access to $12,000, okay? Well, now you can take a $12,000 loan, but now you have 8000 to make up. Well, you can do it one of two ways. If your conscience will allow you to, then you just tie or give away 12000 instead of twenty. Um, or you just make it up with extra money, right? It, it's an upfront cost to get this policy going. You just pay out of pocket a, the, the additional 8,000 to, to make it an, an even 20 that you're giving away that year. You know, Knowing that down the road, you're gonna be able to give away a lot more than you ever put in. Yes, that, right? that's right. And you know, I think folks are reasonable, although you know, the people you're tithing to might be upset, but you've got a, a plan that's going to benefit them potentially more in the long run. Um, so if they're willing to accept those startup costs with you, I think, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a great way. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's voluntary too. You're, you're doing a good thing. If you have to tithe less in a given year or period of time. Hey, yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, it, if that sits with you, if you're comfortable doing that, knowing that, Hey, you know, 20 years from now, you pay $20,000 premium, you can tie 40,000 that year because say that's how much cash value is being created that year from that $20,000 premium, you know? So over the, over your lifetime, you're going to end up being able to give away a lot more than you ever put into the system. And yep. then I think you just mentioned it. You are the owner of the policy. You get to make the beneficiary whomever you choose. That yep. could be an entity. It doesn't have to be a person. The beneficiary could be your church. Beneficiary that's could be your favorite charity. Beneficiary could be five of your favorite charities. It yeah, could be a trust right. set up just to continue distributing money to charities for for decades to come. Yeah, there's some very creative ways that people that people do this kind of stuff, and um, all we're doing when you think about it, Dave, is changing the sequence of the money. Yeah. That's all we're doing. Instead of it going from my checking account to my charitable organization, whatever it is, or my church, it's going to hit my policy first. So folks, if you can wrap your head around that, that's all you're doing. This is just another, this is charitable IBC. It's, it, it's all it is. It's the same thing if you wanted to finance a car five years from now, or you wanted to finance a house 20 years from now. It's the same thing. Yeah. And, and if you look at it over the course of your lifetime and then beyond your lifetime after you graduate and that giant death benefit is paid out, you, you've taken five loaves and five fishes and multiplied it into 12 basketfuls. Ooh, I like that reference. I like that. Right? That's exactly hey, what you've done. You're just spot on with the whatever they're called. <laughs> Analogies? <laughs> that's a big word, Paul, for an army guy. I get it. Uh, <laughs> No, I just, that's like a running joke. I just wanted you to fill in the blank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Well, there's more to come. So um, mm. let's, let's, let's go on to the second way to, to crack this nut. Let's say you're not comfortable putting in 20 if you're going to give away 20 every year because you don't want to carry that loan. Okay. Well, do what I did. And here's what I did. Let's, let's use those numbers as an example. Hey, if I'm going to give away 20, hey, I just decided I'm going to take half of that and capture it in premium. 
So now I've got 10,000 going towards premium, 10,000, unfortunately, going into a savings account, but that's better than 20,000 going into a savings account, right? At least I've Much taken better. half of that, put it into premium so that, you know, once this is up and running, of course, we already talked about the loss, the, uh, the, the loss of liquidity in the first few years, right? But once it's up and running, I can fund, pay a premium of 10,000, take a loan of 10,000 every year and combine that with the other 10,000 I saved up, right? Tie 20,000. The next year I've got now 20,000. I'm still going to give away. I've got a $10,000 premium I need to pay and a $10,000 loan to repay. What can I do with that 20,000 now? Now a hundred percent of it can go towards the policy through premium and loan repayments. That's right. Yeah. So from that point on, you can keep doing that every single year. Take a $20,000 loan out. Next year, you're paying $10,000 premium, $10,000 in a re loan repayment. So that loan balance may be building up, but you've also got, like we discussed in the first scenario, your income going up, major future windfalls, things like that. So you've kind of built in a way to repay that from day one, also knowing you have other ways to repay that down the line. Yeah, again, you're just creating space in the anticipation of becoming more productive down the road. Right. And maybe kind of putting some expectation on yourself to be more productive if you need it. So, well, if you're not growing, you're dying, I think they say. Yeah. So, if you're not first, you're last. That doesn't even make sense. That <laughs> <laughs> was high when I said that. <laughs> that don't make no sense. <laughs> don't make no sense, kid. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Sorry. But, and every every client I uh, I can say pretty emphatically every client I have has the intention of making more money tomorrow than they do today. They certainly yeah. don't have any intention of making less. Yeah, that's the the question comes up occasionally and we covered this in a in an episode a while ago about, you know, how do I fund my policy after I retire? Mhm. Mm well, hopefully you've you've put things in place over, over the next 10, 20, 30 of your working life where you've acquired assets and done other things to to address to address that. Um, and I think, you, you know, we both feel the same that we want to fund our policies for as long as we can, meaning until we graduate from this earth with new money every single year. Are there other options? Sure. Yeah. There's other ways to fund the policy later in life. No question. Yeah. But I want to fund it with new money, preferably. Yeah. So you can find that episode. I don't know what number it is, but. This um, is number 81 that we're recording right now. 81 weeks in a row, man. It's pretty good. I don't think I've done anything for 81 weeks in a row. Maybe I have. Got out of bed. Got out. I guess so. Didn't shave. That's for sure. I shave once a month, pal. Actually, <laughs> two to three days a month, I have to shave. Two to three days a month? Yeah. Yeah. Those are the two to three days a month that. My my wife doesn't even look me in the eye because I look like a, a little child. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, funny. But okay. So now let's go to the third way. And there's probably many more ways, but we just brainstormed three quick ways that you could mm -hmm. think about this and, and fund it and make it happen. Third way. Hey, there's like Nelson said, there's only one pool of money. There's only one pool of capital. 
just because you create a policy to capture your giving, your tithing funds before you give them away and that cash leaves your personal economy forever and doesn't build an asset at the same time. You can combine that. There's no, nobody saying you can't combine that with additional money you have. Let's say you were ready to, to start another policy because you know it's been a couple of years, your pay has gone up, you're making more money. You're like, I can do 10,000 a year now on another policy. Let's get another policy and do 10,000 a year. Well, this will be a perfect time to go ahead and combine. Maybe you're giving. Hey, you're giving 20,000 a year. Let's make it 30,000 a year. Right? Because now, right off the bat, you got 30 grand a year going towards that premium. Um, nobody's saying it just has to be designated simply for the giving. Right? That's right. You can keep track yeah, of that on your own. Like, how much did I give this year? Well, if I didn't give enough from my policy, I got to give some from somewhere else. Right. It's yeah. to be a system of policies, is what Nelson talked about, folks. So, a lot of folks, Dave, though, they want to compartmentalize. Yeah. Like this policy is for this and this policy is for this kid's college. And I, I don't do that. I have seven policies and they're all just one big, one big pool of money. Yeah. I don't do that either. I see. Um, it, there's no reason not to do that. That's a great idea. Um, like if you're going to fund a 529 plan, stop mm. doing that. Start funding a policy for your kid's college instead. Right. And then you can just not touch that money. I mean, of course, it's there for you if you need it, but you could just play, yeah, compartmentalize and say that money is untouchable. I'm not allowed to touch that. So out of sight, out of mind, don't ever touch it. Um, kind of like a 529. Yeah. Although in this way, you're guaranteed to actually see that money again and be able to use it for whatever you want if your kid doesn't go to college. That's right. Not a one-time use. Or a one, one thing use. Yeah. Yep. Not going to count against you either. Right. When it comes FAFSA. 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 Is it FAFSA or FAFSA? It's F-A-F-S-A. I, I was right? saying it Federal, right? FAFSA. Yeah. Federal aid for stupid. School assistance or something? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I remember yeah. filling it out with my mom like 20 something, like 24 years ago or something. Yeah. I never had to go that route. And we were just too rich to not get anything but too poor to actually pay for anything <laughs> yeah so you were middle class basically yeah. right middle class yeah, gets lower, screwed yeah oh, of you, course. you make too much money to get any benefits but you don't make enough to actually be able to pay out of pocket for for what Correct. you want that's yeah. right that's exactly what we experienced so like, yeah oh, we got nothing great yeah well i'm glad you're breaking the cycle of being middle class thank you so yeah you don't want to stay there um so there you go. There's only one pool of capital. Um, and again, don't forget, you can make that beneficiary whoever you want. Right? So yeah. somebody's going to benefit by multiples of what you ever paid into it at some point. Many multiples, guaranteed future value, and they won't pay income tax on it. Typically, if it's a charity, Dave, they're not paying tax on much at all anyway. But Yeah. Yeah, if it's so, you know, one of those uh, corporations that yeah is a tax-free entity. Yeah, I don't yeah. know the off the top of my head the IRS code that covers that. I can't remember, but five hundred three C or four hundred three C. I don't know. I don't know. We're not tax professionals, folks. It's like five million pages, so I don't yeah. know. It's one of those. It's one of those. Yeah, but you know, 
don't don't consider any of this tax advice. Uh, we'll just say that. But um, no, there's there's a lot of options if you get creative to capture more of your money in a system that you own and control before it leaves your hands forever, and get tw- and get twice the use out of it. Yeah, I don't know if Kiyosaki said it, uh, but it's he said it's not necessarily about how much money you make. But how much you keep how much you keep exactly like who cares how much you gross in a year how much do you net how much do you get to keep how much you get to walk away with and have access not to? much <laughs> and have access to right yeah and use yeah uh yeah yeah so bottom line here sequence your capital so it doesn't leave your personal economy forever when you spend it Capture it someplace that it'll be working for you and for your designated beneficiary for the rest of your life. There and you if go. you're just joining us, that's because the money that's paid in premium in the policy never stops growing for you. Ever. Even if you have it leveraged. Yep. Uninterrupted compound growth. Find that somewhere else. Let me know. Let me know where you find it. So it's like the ninth wonder or 10th wonder of the world. I think how many wonders of the world are there now? I think the president said there were nine. So that must be the 10th wonder of the world. I don't know. I don't think I can name them all anymore. They keep adding. I thought when we were kids, it was like seven. It's always been seven. I think, uh, I don't know what the other two he he was talking about were, but uh, (laughs) it's kind of like those other, those other pyramids (laughs) kind of like how many planets are there now? Like they took away Pluto. Then they added it back. Right. I don't, I don't even pay attention. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, is Uranus a planet? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help uh, And we're done. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Pretty good time to sign off. Well, hey, hopefully that didn't confuse you guys. Hopefully we tried to, we simplified something that could get very confusing. I would say, listen to this episode a couple times before you call me with more questions about it. And maybe I'll have to listen to it again. And hopefully I didn't confuse anybody, um, you know, with, with any of those explanations, but keep it simple. Don't get too wrapped up in the spreadsheeting of anything. Keep it simple, pay premium, take loans, use it for what you want to use it for, pay your premium and when able pay the loans, repay the loans. That's right. So that's, that's good. Yeah. There's, there's going to be some, there's going to be some loan that needs to be repaid at some point. Yeah, which which means you have a great place to put future raises, future uh, increases in income, and future in, uh, windfalls as soon as you get it. You That's put right. it there immediately. And, and the loan needs to be paid back, and we want to pay it back because yeah. we're paying back a loan to a company that we're part owner of that's yeah. going to pay us a dividend, that's guaranteeing the collateral, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yep, so. there you go. All right, everybody. Well, we'll see you next week. Until then, control your capital. Or somebody else will. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at theibcguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.